Hello, and welcome to this special series of episodes called 29 Days of Magic. During Black History Month, the month of February, I'll be interviewing a Black woman a day who's from business and entrepreneurship. You name it, I'm going to have a chat with her. The idea for this is to show off the amazingness of Black women throughout various industries. I hope you take a listen, like, share, review, and be inspired by these incredible stories. Take a listen. Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Reset Podcast. I'm your host, Laura Mignot, CEO of the Cultural Communications Agency, Flash. Each episode, I bring on a different business leader who's doing some game-changing work. And this episode is no different. I am so excited to have Dana Sims, who's a talent agent at CAA. She has a remarkable career story and journey. It's going to be a great conversation. Take a listen. Hey, Dana. Hey, Laura. Thank you. Thank you for having me on today. Awesome. So glad to talk to you. So the way the podcast works is the first question is always the same. So Dana, what was your first job? My first job in entertainment was an internship with Mesa Boo Moon Recordings. It was an indie world label connected to Warner Electric Atlantic, you know, WIA back in the day. Back in the day, um, yeah. Back in the day. And um, it was really fun. We had like artists like Kataro before he passed away. Um, a lot of world music, like the Bulgarian Women's Choir, Les Mystères de Voix Bulgare. Um, we had the original Louis Rankin, God rest his soul, um, along with some Grammy award-winning artists like Willie and Lobo and Strunz and Farah. And I'm sure you listened to all of those back in the day, Laura. I'm sure. Totally, totally of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what I did for them, which was really funny, which was foreshadowing for the rest of my life, um, I had to call, um, I had, to, I was the tour marketer. And when we had, I had to follow our artists on tour. And when they were in a certain city, I had to make the record store at city put up promo, which was really great. So, you know, I had to call Chevy Chase you know, Chevy Chase, Maryland and say, you know, the Bulgarian Women's Choir is playing your convention center. Can you put up some stuff? And I'd send it and, you know, and, and then the funny things that when I was actually allowed to go to like the big meeting, my little calls, like, you know, sales would go up like 800%, meaning, wow. you know, the week before they sold zero. And then the next week they sold eight. <laughs> but, you know, um, it, it was really great. And it taught me to like work the phone in a way that I still do as an agent. Awesome. I mean, it's also like the most random job you could have, but that it also is like the perfect job to set you up for the rest of your career. It's, it's, it's crazy how that all works out. And I really had to call people from all over the country. It was, it was really fun. Um, and like things that I, you know, I've always been a movie buff, but like, you know, calling people in Gross Point Blank or calling people <laughs> in Fort Lauderdale or calling people in, you know, Cape Cod. It was, it was just really fun. Um, and I got to talk to some, you know, really fun people during that time. Awesome. All right. So you go from helping the Bulgarian Women's Choir till now. <laughs> what was that career journey like? So my career journey was really funny. Like, so I had helped my company have a really big deal uh, through a relationship that I had. And 
um, I was hoping they'd hire me after college. And um, all I wanted was 24-5. And do you know they offered me 19-5? And I was so insulted, I quit. <laughs> and I came home and told my mother, I quit this job. And she's like, how are you going to pay your rent? And I was like, oh, that thing. Because, you know, I was young. Of course. So I ended up calling my sister, um, who was friends with a woman that she went to Yale with, um, who got me into the Sony internship program. And it was a paid internship. And I ended up working on film and television shows all in the Sony, the, the Columbia TriStar system. Um, the first television show I worked on was um, was a series that was only picked up for six. Remember when they only pick up six and then maybe you'd get the back, you know, the back nine and whatever. So it was called Muddling Through with Jennifer Aniston and <laughs> Stephanie Hodge. Wow. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> And it was a lovely experience and I loved being on set. I mean, at that time I worked, like I literally worked 20 hour days and I'd have to deliver scripts all over creation. And I, I really thought I was doing big things. And, but it was also a great learning experience because even though I was a PA, um, I was able to read because I also did the filing. I knew what everyone was working from myself to, you know, the executive producers on the show. I, you know, I knew how much it cost to run the show day by day. I knew how much we paid for labor. I knew all of those things. And that was because, you know, I was the PA and I, I super enjoyed that experience. And, you know, what I learned about being in production is you, you have to be nimble. Oh, those are the kind of, that's like the most fundamental thing in terms of any industry. It's like, you cannot be, oh, I'm gonna be this one thing. And then that's the one thing I'm good at. And if anything else comes on the way, I don't wanna hear about it. I got this one thing. It's like, no, you have to be Gumby. I say this to like all of my mentees all the time. I was like, you need to be flexible and be able to move as quickly as possible because you never know. You never know. And like when you're a PA, they literally look at you and go, you, hey, get me an alligator for this set piece tomorrow. And you're like, okay, got it. And you're like, where do I get an alligator? But you know, <laughs> um, you figure it out. And, and that's the thing about working in production. You figure out all of these things. And, I, and that's something that I really enjoyed. Um, and then from you know, working at Sony, I ended up working for a company called Beachwood Services. Um, and we handled all the technical support for all the television shows that Columbia TriStar produced. And that was a really great job for me because I didn't go to film school, USC, uh, Annenberg Communications, fight on. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, so I got to learn like, you know, again, learned about the unions, learned about the labor, learned about what it takes to make a show go, um, you know, sort of the mechanics of doing shows. I had to liaison with the fire marshal. It was a really great experience. Um, by the end of my tenure there, I could read a script and say, oh, we're gonna need extra boom operators. We're gonna need extra utilities. And, you know, if someone submitted a budget for a build on a show, um, if that, you know, I'd have to consult the master budget for the show. And if that went over, 
um, I'd have to deny it. And then they'd go over my head and get it approved. And we'd do that every week. But that was a really good sort of mechanical, technical job for a young person that would inform what I learned. And, you know, I had to read all these scripts. And at the time, I felt like television was inane. And there were all these great women coming up in film, like Gail Ann Hurd, Linda Opes, um, Laura Ziskin, um, God rest her soul, uh, Allison Anders, um, you know, all of these women. And I wanted to be in that space. Kathleen Kennedy, I was dying. I, I, I practically stalked, stalked Kathleen Kennedy. Um, and, you know, it was the first time in my life that I couldn't get in for an interview. Like I always got in, I've always been able to get in for an interview. And unfortunately I'm a little older and it was before the proliferation of the internet. So, you know, I was that annoying kid who called your office like, Hey, did you get over my and over facts? Again. Yeah. Facts. Oh my gosh. Okay. Did you, you get are dating yourself? <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm really dating myself. But um, I called Kathleen Kennedy's office and um, I, it was like a lunchtime, of course. And I was like, can you tell me why I'm not getting in for an interview? Can you just tell me that, please? And um, the girl who answered the phone said, oh, it's because you don't have any agency experience. And I was like, what's that? And she hung up on me. But <laughs> I quickly called one of my friends and next thing you know, I was interviewing at an agency and, you know, I dare I say it, I've been an agent. I'm going into my uh, second decade as an agent in the business. Um, I started off at William Morris as a crossover music agent. Um, I worked very closely with Carol Lewis. Um, then I went to CAA and I ran there. I'm sorry, I went to ICM. Excuse me, there was an ICM in there. I went to ICM and I basically ran their music crossover department. Um, and, you know, uh, that was really exciting. And I was able to start the careers of, you know, Common, Luda, Nelly, Jill Scott, Erica Badu. I mean, there, I have worked with so many people in the business, DMX, Andre Benjamin from Outcast. I did the movie Idle Wild. I, wow. you know, I, I mean, I really was able to, sort of, you know, I existed in that. If you saw a rapper or a singer in a meaningful role in the early aughts, um, even in going into the second decade, that is usually my work. Um, That's so, so awesome. Thank you. And then, you know, I got a little older and one day I had this realization that I am getting a teeny bit old to be chasing rappers around um <laughs> and CAA came a calling and you know it seemed like a big leap because you know they're number one in the business and you know I had I had worked at two agencies before and and there were to a certain degree there is um you know when you're an agent you know what we're fond of saying is same shit, different building, if I can use that um, terminology. <laughs> um, but, you know, I have to say, I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised um, about CAA, even starting CAA in a pandemic. I, I feel so much support. They're 
there isn't a toxic bro culture, which I was over um, in my experience, right? So yeah, I mean, I'm sort of living my best life, even though it's at home. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's really an awesome thing. And like, you're, you just have this the most amazing career because it's funny, like, I remember the early aughts is like, I was like, a little munchkin in college and all those great movies were coming out and you got to see all this rap crossover and it was just it was just this I, I, I think it's a golden age of like music and tv and movies because you had cribs you had you had trl and then you had all these like movies that just like pop up out of nowhere and you're like wait is the next in this movie okay i'm watching it uh so the fact that that was you um awesome Dana thank you <laughs> thank you thank you thank you very much but you know I also like you know I work with Charles King you know he was a colleague of mine there's so many I think what's so pleasing to me you know as I age in this business is so many of my friends that I was an assistant with or colleagues with they're all out in the world doing good things and and big things if you will so um yeah it's I, I'm really excited this this is yeah thank you for first of all thank you for acknowledging that and yeah it was good times it was hard work I can't believe it feels like it was just yesterday <laughs> Well, it's also crazy because like there wasn't social media then, which is wild to think about what that would have been like had there been Twitter, had there been TikTok, um, when all when all these when all these movies were coming out, and when all these different like these insane music videos that looked like you know short like, like movie shorts because they were literally like telenovelas uh, back then. So yeah, I, it's fascinating to see how much you were able to get done in in a decade. Like wow. Thank you. Thank you very much. A lot of hard work, a lot of begging, a lot of, um, no, but you know what, really, it, it, like, I think one of the most satisfying things about my experience is being to able to work with these young artists and put them in situations where they could rise to the occasion and shine. Like some of these kids, never thought acting was even possible, let alone in a major motion picture or on television. And, you know, seeing them do that and excel and, and, and shine was, you know, that's still, you know, some of the greatest um, things about my career. Oh, I can only imagine. So talk to me about a time when, you know, you had a challenge and you're like, okay, there's no way I'm gonna get my way through this. And then you did. Um, in my experience at one of my agencies, um, I had a situation where with another agent, we had double booked a client, meaning the client had concert dates and the client had um, music dates. I'm, I'm sorry, um, uh, uh, movie dates. and. I'm just going to say it wasn't my fault, right? Um, this, this agent that I was working with did not want their music schedule to be thwarted by a movie, right? Um, and it got really ugly and we had to get our client out of it and the, the agency had to, you know, use um, an insurance policy and, 
you know, I had been an agent less than a year and a half, maybe, maybe two years. And, you know, luckily one of, I always kept a record of things in writing, right? And, you know, after the situation had sort of um, reared its ugly head and, and sort of relaxed, um, I had to go talk to several board members because it was a lot of money. And, you know, they should have fired me or they could have fired me, but I had proof that it wasn't my fault. Um, and as I went to talk to every board member, um, those packets of emails was, were on their desk. And it was one of those big girl moments where I had to go talk to these older gentlemen and explain to them how this happened. Um, and you know how it would never happen again and thank you for getting me out of it um and and that was really tough that was really tough but you found your way through and i found my way i found my way through and fyi i still do that to this day like i keep notes i keep things in writing so if things go wrong if i don't recall things because you know as good as we are, we're only as good as our memories, but you know, our notes, our emails, our records are, are what's going to save us. And that saved me literally. Yeah. It's like, I always have a backup and write down what you need to say. Cause you never know when it, you might need it up to make a phone call and be like, Hey, yo, look, I have all the paperwork. Yes. So, so, you know, you know, obviously working in this industry is all kinds of crazy. Like, as a black woman who's an agent, like what has been like what probably one of your most proudest achievements? Black woman as an agent, you know, I there's a few. I've worked with Jill Scott most of my career. Um, her getting the number one ladies detective agency was just so proud, right? Like I love that show. Um, Thank you. And I wanted it. And like, I beat out, like, think of the women of the day that I had to, I brought Jill up to the front to do. And, you know, Anthony was just such a lovely person, like a lovely person. Um, God rest his soul. And for him, you know, to, um, for him to, yeah, to pick Jill and, and, and it, it was just a really proud, proud, proud moment. And then to visit her in South Africa, um, in Botswana, where it was shot. Um, I think that was the beginning of like, sort of the, you know, as an agent, a lot of your, your career is sort of toiling in the trenches, right? Um, and that's sort of when I was really able to get out of my office and meet actors and meet directors. And, you know, I met, I met everyone on that trip and I, I still have relationships with a lot of people. And, you know, you know, so much of what I did was in the office and this sort of brought me into the world and started my career as someone who had good taste in material and had good good ideas and you know could deliver because you know th there there is a certain bias about people who work in the music space working in film and television right um so you know 
that's one of my proudest moments. I mean, there's more. Um, uh, when Ludacris did Fast and Furious 2, um, we were on a private plane and, and, and Luda had, and still does, has this insatiable thirst for knowledge about anything that he's doing. He wants to do it and he wants to do it to the best of his ability, right? Awesome. Um, and we were on a private plane heading to set and I was like, hey, um, I got you this book and I got him um, the Donald Bogle book. And the Donald Bogle book is the history of African-Americans on film. And my inscription is um, um, on the book was, you know, I know where you're going, but it's important to know where we've been. So true. Uh, you know, it's funny, uh, part of the reason that I have been so happy and thrilled and honored to do this series is for, you know, comments and moments like this, where it's like, we have to feel, understand where, we, where we've been and, and remark upon how, how far we've come and not forgetting that. Uh, and, that's, and that's how we move forward in, in so many awesome and beautiful ways. And so it's super timely that that's that that was your inscription because I think especially at this moment in 2021 it's so important for us to remember, you know, where we've been and where we are today and how much further we can go. So good one, nice Dana. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so I'm guessing now having you know, had this really incredible career and gotten to do so many unique things, what do you think you'd tell 25 year old Dana? Don't eat carbs. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, you know aren't what? you in Hollywood? See, this is like. Um, what, what would I tell 25 year old Dana? Um, I would tell 25 year old Dana is to just trust in your work because that's the only thing, like, you know, I wasn't the smartest agent. I was, well, I was one of the only African American agents, but like, you know, my work, my work ethic has always shown through and, you know, don't waste time with imposter syndrome. I'm doing the work. I am making it happen. You know, trust, trust your instincts because your instincts are good. I mean, after 20 years, you know, I'm still paying my mortgage with, you know, as, as an agent. Um, yeah. Trust my instincts. Trust trust the work because that's what's gonna work for me and don't eat carbs <laughs> um come on you gotta eat carbs like it's, they're, they're good for you uh, so you know you said you you know as you said you started a new your new job in the midst of a pandemic like how have you been able to adapt and and obviously because you know filming is all kind of turned upside down because of COVID, like how's that been for you as an agent um, to work on your clients through a global pandemic? You know, I, at, at the other agencies that I work, I always traveled a lot. So, you know, working from home, um, working from the road, you know, is quite seamless for me. I've, I've never done it this long, of course. Um, but, you know, I think the thing that was so wild and it's still kind of wild to think about is I left my, I, I left ICM in a pandemic 
and in that George Floyd moment and went to CAA. I have still not moved out of ICM. And, and I have never set foot in the building at CAA as an agent, right? So, you know, the, I am learning, you know, because I didn't grow up at CAA and every agency has nuance and, um, you know, the ways they do things. Like I am literally learning nuance and, and forming relationships and building with people internally from a screen and a phone. Um, and, you know, four months in, I sort of had this meta thought. I was like, sort of really dark thought because you know working from home and you're the new girl and you're the new girl from a screen and you don't know people you know i was like oh my god what if i died and i'm in purgatory and my purgatory is that i'm a caa agent <laughs> it was getting a little bleak um but you know, how, I don't know, like, I, I honestly, I just have to say day by day, staying in it, you know, getting up to fight another day. I think the thing that I'm loving about CAA is like, everything's new, right? So even right. though I've been an agent for several years, everything is new to me in this current iteration of my career. So keeps me on my toes. It keeps me fresh. Um, and I'm also able to do and expand, like, I think I keep, what I go back to when I think about my eight months now at CAA is expansion. You know, um, I'm learning how to do things that I haven't done, to do, done before. I am using data in a way to um, take down deals in a way that I've wanted. It's just... Um, yeah, I, I think this is a really exciting time, even though it's from my house. And um, we're about to have our company retreat. And, you know, they think of everything at this company and they assigned a person to me to be my buddy. So I understand what's happening. And she's like, do you have any questions for me? And I was like, you know what? I've never stepped foot in the building. So I'm just going to keep my mind open and enjoy the experience because I have no context. <laughs> You're none. You're like, I've, where are the bathrooms? I've no. zero, I've zero context. Um, you know, so I'm just, you know, I'm just gonna, you know, keep my head, you know, keep my eyes open and, and, and enjoy the present. That's all I can do. Yeah. I mean, that's all you can do. It's like, you just gotta have to adapt and move forward. I mean, like if you had told me a year ago today that my lovely events business that, you know, produces events all around the world would become a virtual events powerhouse i'd be like are you no <laughs> like it's like we i build stuff in the south with friends i don't do stuff from my desk i fly on planes all the time what are you talking about but here i am building expansion and like and getting to do all kinds of really unique things from my green desk in so in Lower Manhattan. <laughs> like, <laughs> so you so you get it, right? So like yeah. this, even though it's you know day by day, every day is new because we're living in we're living in historic times. Yeah, I think when we look back on this like five years from now, it'll be because we'll have changed so much. Because I think 
we fundamentally figured out that we can do a lot of different things from anywhere and be actually good at it because maybe you've gotten more sleep. Maybe you've actually taken better care of yourself. You know, you had some actual time to do some proper reading. So like you've, you, you can think about more things. And that is stuff that we, we would never have had had we been on planes, you know, going from place to place, you know, moving a million miles a minute. So that's going to be helpful for us as we, you know, transition out into whatever this new world will have in the next few years. I, I wholeheartedly agree with you. So obviously we've got to talk about television. What are you watching and what do you love? Um, I, today, I recently saw Nomadland with Frances McDormand, uh, directed, written, directed, produced by Chloe Zhao. Oh my God, what a heartbreakingly beautiful movie. I mean, oh, it's so good. So good. Um, I, I, yeah, so good. Um, I also, uh, I loved Lupin or, you know, with uh, Omar Sy on Netflix. I yes. love The Undoing. Um, oh, God. <laughs> uh, I just watched really? um, the doc. I, 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 I love, you know what? I love stuff like that. I love, you know what? You know when, you know, obviously I don't speak, well, I, it's not obvious. I don't speak French. And that made, movie made me feel like I spoke French, even though I was reading the subtitles, I was so engaged. And I love things that have a somewhat literary hint, even if it's fictional. I, I, I love stuff that reference other stuff. Um, yeah, I love cat and mouse games. No, look, I, I like LeBron. Um, the Undoing drove me crazy, though. <laughs> oh, my God. First of all, the wardrobe alone. Nicole Kidman looked flawless. She had Every more hair on than scene. Beyonce. But, oh, like, my word. Those Seriously. coats. Those coats. The richness of those the, coats. Those oh. coats. Those, those, the wardrobe. The, the, her father's penthouse. Her penthouse. Like, oh, mm. it was just. I just love that world. I love that world. And I, you know what I loved that those women, you know, like, you know, mean girls, they really saved each other, right? She, <laughs> they you know, they, those worse. girls, those girls closed rank and took Hugh Grant down. And I enjoyed that. This is true. I mean, oh, and maybe we should have said spoiler alert for those of your people who. Yes, yeah. If you haven't watched it by now, too bad. Um, I mean, come <laughs> on. I just, I, I, my favorite thing was going on Twitter and just seeing the reactions to being like, like you know, the reason why Black people love this show is that like Nicole Kidman does messy white woman better than anyone on the planet, and I'm like, she really does. It's she like, really does. She really I does. Mean, she and Reese Witherspoon, like, whoosh, like, good lord. Oh, oh yeah, you know. Little fires everywhere. Wasn't that great? Even Big Little Lies. Like I'm just, yeah, yeah. I, I, the the undoing of white women um, had had good years in 2020 and 2021. It 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 is. It was it was pretty it was pretty special. I tell you, it was like all right, I got you. Um, I, I I have been obviously I loved Bridgerton, and then. Rainy Jean had the nerve to go sing on a Saturday Night Live last weekend. And I'm like, are you really, sir? Like, on top of everything else, you also can sing? Like, this yeah, is not I fair. Mean, <laughs> he, 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 yeah, all that talent, all that talent. 
like my goodness um and of course I'm still I'm I'm still on my happy place with WandaVision um which I would never in a million years thought I'd get into but like yep I have fallen deep down the hole of like okay what is going to happen <laughs> so uh that's been a really good binge for me as well too Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So much great stuff. Although at a certain point, like by September, I was like, I feel like I've completed the internet. Um, yeah. Uh, but, you know, every day Netflix, like, thank God for Netflix, Hulu and Amazon. Um, and, you know, now HBO Max and Disney Plus and Dis Discovery Plus. Plus and Paramount <laughs> Plus. I'm really gonna have to get rid of DirecTV because literally I, I'm spending all this money on DirecTV plus like eight apps. And then, you know, and I feel like I need it because for work. Well, I mean, well, you do, <laughs> but I think, I, but I feel like I, I, when I look at the subscriptions that are on my credit card every month and I'm like, I have, all of these and i have cable remember how yeah. it used to be like oh we're all gonna be cord cutters so we're not gonna we're gonna have like one small bill for the internet and that'll be it and it's like um i'm no. afraid to cut the cord i really am i don't yeah, know why. i i like to watch good day la in the mornings which is not really news but i enjoy it <laughs> although lately they've been getting really newsy i keep saying to my husband you know ever since they got michaela Pereira." It's gotten a little newsy in the morning. <laughs> You're like, this is a little bit too much news. I mean, I actually live for my local news because it's New York City. And so yeah. like I have I watch eyewitness news every single day. Because <laughs> it's always just like it is sort of my like grounding place of like what's happening outside my window. Cause again, I'm in a tall, tall building and like a super quiet street. So like I wouldn't know what's happening two blocks away from here. <laughs> and when we had the whole uprising and protest um, in June, I'm five minutes from City Hall where there were tons of protests. I heard nothing. Like, I was like, so I go and turn and look like, oh, it's City Hall. There were hundreds of people being arrested. I'm like, really? I didn't hear a thing. I can see the park from my window. So it comes in handy to like watch the local news and at least know what's happening in my neighborhood. Yeah, oh, I hear you. You know what's so, so funny? Like, yeah, keep so going. Bad. I'm sorry. So we could we could go on tangents all day long. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, to be forget. We're so excited to have Soho Works as the sponsor for the 29 Days of Magic campaign. You know, they're designed by Soho House and their workspaces to help creative thinkers, businesses small and large, connect, collaborate, and grow. And it's where I'm recording all the episodes of 29 Days of Magic. It's a safe, wonderful, and collaborative experience. Uh, I'm currently in the Brooklyn location, but they have locations, one else in New York City, in the Meatpacking District, one in LA, five in the UK, and they give you that kind of home away from home feeling with all the tools, technology, equipment to help you do your best work. Uh, like I said, it's an amazing location, feel safe. I've you know, been able to meet some really awesome people, which haven't been able to do a lot because of the fact of COVID. So it's been a wonderful experience being able to re record here and help build community. So if you want to find out more information about it, please go to SohoWorks.com to get more information and tell them I sent you. And now back to the show. What do you do for self-care? Because you're an agent, you have talent, you've got to manage and making sure that they're okay, getting the best possible deal. But for Dana, what do you do for Dana? What do I do for Dana? 
Um, spend time with my husband and my dog, Maisie, who I think you heard barking. And, you know, one of the things that I'm super grateful to have experienced is I live in a condo in, in, in Los Angeles and um, my condo has become my little COVID bubble. And, you know, I'm borrowing milk from one neighbor and having dinner at another. And we're like having themed dinner parties at another. And that's sort of been like, we're all hanging out at the pool and, you know, rosé all day at the pool. So that's been like, as, as much as I love my husband and and, and he makes it all worthwhile. It's been really fantastic to just have this little COVID bubble internally and get to know people and enjoy, enjoy my home in a way that I'd never experienced before. So I guess I, my self-care is my COVID bubble. I love that. And yeah, you know, it's funny, like, you know, I've have, I have, I have a few friends in my COVID bubble as well. Um, who you know I've always been friends with, but like got to become even closer friends with because basically we were the ones who were going on the walks together that were kind of six feet apart when New York like completely shut down. And like when we discovered that you could actually go to Dominique Ansel because they were the first place to reopen in Soho and like get a freaking cronut. And I was like, this is the best zone of all time because <laughs> like I, I could ask something I didn't make because I was cooking every single day. Uh, and like having those like really incredible bonds that with folks who, you know, but for this time, you wouldn't see that often because again, you'd be traveling and wouldn't get an opportunity to get to know them better. So that's been like, definitely been the, uh, the one pleasant surprise has come out of this very bizarre time. Yeah, the um, COVID bubble is key. COVID bubble is key. Got to have one. And then my last question for you is, do you have a give and or an ask of the audience? Give or an ask of the audience. Um, you know what? I guess my give, if, I, if I'm going to impart pearls of wisdom, is one of my clients is a financier, a woman of color. Um, bing, bing, bing. <laughs> and you know, we're both military brats and like we were sort of talking the other day of like, who told you guys you could do this? And we, we both said at the same time, not even prompted, we were Millie brats, like failure is not an option. And like, it's one of those stupid quotes. If, if you knew you couldn't fail, um, who would you be? But I think it's even more, if failure is not an option, you know, you can do anything, right? Like there, it wasn't going to happen unless I succeeded. So I guess it's stay the course and, you know, failure is just another opportunity to do it again and get it right. Right. But, you know, abject failure is not an option. That's my give failure is not an option. And, you know, I guess, I guess what I'd, I'd like people to know and, and, and maybe, you know, I'm, this is a little hippy dippy, um, you know, I'm really close to my clients and um, I recently had some health challenges and 
my client hit me and I, I couldn't talk about at that one second. And like, she like totally switched it up. And like, I was like, oh my God, she's treating me like a human, <laughs> right? Um, you know, like there's so much about being an agent is like, you're geared up to take a lot of abuse, right? And suffer through it and still make things happen. But I guess like, you know, realizing the humanity and people that you are across the table from or on the other end of the phone from is really important in this time. That's awesome and so necessary. Um, it's, it's, it's so incredible for folks to remember our basic humanity. Because again, we're in this insane set of circumstances that no one could have ever predicted. And, you know, my hope for this is that we remember some basic kindness and humanity as we navigate through this because it's not easy for anyone like no one's like woohoo pandemic awesome (laughs) and so the more we can remember our humanity I think uh, the better off we all will be as we navigate so you're so very right on that point Dana thank you so much for saying that Thank you. And Laura, thank you for having me. Thank you for being understanding of my schedule um, and all the things. So I I appreciate you. Thank you. Uh, Dana, it's been such a delight to hear your story. I think you, oh my gosh, you just are just chock full of goodness and wisdom. Uh, And uh, I'm sure we'll see you in a lot of different fun places. Uh, And Thank you for being part of 29 Days of Magic. All right, my friend. Blessings to you. Have a good weekend. You too. And that is our show.